guys. Welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Min Dong. I'm Matt Giglio. 130 days until the 2020 uh, season begins. Yeah, almost four months away. Crazy. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Fourth uh, of July, obviously, is tomorrow, and uh, I'm obviously not in the normal setup, and I apologize for that. But uh, regardless, the show must go on, and here we are. Yeah, um, where are you? It looks like I'm in, Mar- I'm in Marshfield. Looks like a, a shower. Yes, I'm in an indoor shower. Uh, noise noise complaints are at an all time high, so uh, but the show must go on. So hopefully everything runs smoothly. I respect you for this. Yes, and uh, let's kick things off with some huge breaking news. Uh, first piece is 2025 star center McCurr McCurr uh, has announced his commitment to Howard. Uh, he chooses Howard over the G League, who he cut like a couple weeks ago, uh, and then UCLA, Kentucky, and Memphis. Uh, his brother is NBA player Thon Maker, and he wants to start the historically black colleges and universities movement. Uh, he hopes to inspire a lot of other uh, young prospects, such as 2023 prospect Mikey Williams, and hopefully he can continue the charge from there. Uh, what are your thoughts on this decision, first of all? Yeah, I, I totally respect this decision. Um, I thought it was expected, uh, maybe – some people didn't, but this is more about what's going on now than his future. And he, he could be a first-round pick, but, you know, he wants to he wants to do the right thing. He wants to set a trend, and hopefully others follow. Yeah, I mean, we, we thought that UCLA was going to be the front-runner before he made his decision. Uh, he was supposed to make a decision next week, actually. And lucky enough for us, he announced it, like, basically this morning, like, at 6 a.m., so uh, – yeah, that's good stuff there. And like you said, it's it's not it's not all about basketball. I mean, obviously what's going on right now in the world is a huge impact for a lot of these guys. Uh, coronavirus and also the racial injustices there. So, um, yeah, I definitely respect this decision. And hopefully you can inspire all the other guys in the near future. I know Mike Williams responded to a tweet saying that he's definitely going to uh, follow the movement. So that, that could probably lead to something. And him going to another historically black college and university. And – Obviously, this is huge for them, but like, how how like important is this for these historic black colleges and universities? Yeah, it's really important. I mean, like, you look at like the MEAC and the the SWAC; those are probably the two two least competitive, two two worst conferences. Everyone would say, and just once they get all these recruits, they're gonna be very competitive, and they're gonna start making money. Because crowds yeah. would want to go see these prospects, and it's just, it's just good for them financially, but it's just good for what's going on right now. Yeah, and um, I mean, like, and when you look at the basketball side, this just kind of spreads out the playing field even more. I mean, a lot of these historic black colleges and universities, when you look at the conference they're in, they're not in the greatest conference like ever. Um, Howard, MEAC, it's not the greatest conference ever, so. I mean, and a lot of other teams. So, um, yeah, I mean, this can definitely spread out the playing field and not have all the top prospects going to these Power Five conferences. So I think this is pretty good for basketball in general because a lot of these, like, mid-major, low-tier teams can make a rise and maybe be an underdog in Cinderella's story, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, next, Oregon's C.J. Walker will transfer. Um, he's a former five-star recruit, only played one season in Oregon. He decided he wanted to go play closer to home during this pandemic hometown is in Florida four points two and a half rebounds it was a was a potential player to start for Oregon next year there's no current intel who has reached out but you gotta assume that some in-state Florida teams have reached out 
Um, which hometown team do you think will get a second chance to acquire Walker? Yeah, uh, I think I think it's definitely between Florida and Florida State. I mean, those are the two top schools around in Florida. And I, although he wants to stay local to Florida, I think a, a couple other local teams like Georgia, maybe Alabama, and a couple other of those teams might reach out to him as well. Um, if I were him, based looking looking in the near future, I'd probably go to Florida State, considering they they have a higher market than Florida. Because you just look at what happened. You look at Nemhart, and he's he, he just went out of Florida after two years there. And if you look at C.J. Walker, he's a very good player, and I think he's going to probably stay at this team for the rest of his college career. So if I were him looking at the wrong long run, I'd probably go to Florida State. But, I mean, I think Florida and Florida State are probably the top two options for him at this point. Yeah, um, I believe that he had Florida in his final list of schools. So I wouldn't be surprised if he went there. He already has – a good relationship with the coaches, the teammates, and people on campus. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Both of those schools are very good schools when you look at college basketball and just look at their environment in general. I mean, I mean, there's two of the top two schools in Florida, I'd assume. And, like, based on everything, like every other, uh, like, subject and, like, all the atmospheres and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, either way, he's not, he's not going to be wrong for going to one or the other. But uh, – Wherever he goes is going to be a huge impact for these teams, and hopefully he can do that. And he's probably not going to be eligible next year, but, like, as we said, uh, anyone could probably be eligible. But uh, it, regardless, he still has three seasons left, so he can definitely make an impact in those three yeah, seasons. And, uh, just to correct myself, the, the, fi the final team on this list was actually Miami, not Florida. My fault. Oh, yeah. I, I completely forgot about Miami. That's a, that's a very good Florida school as well. Yeah. All right, and the final piece of breaking news, it's more so local news, but uh, we, we thought we should address it. And uh, it's two-star recruit Curtis Henderson has committed to Hartford. Uh, Curtis Henderson's a Catholic Memorial standout guard, uh, pretty local to us, about 15 minutes away. Uh, he's already surpassed his 1,000-point score uh, in his junior season. Uh, he's a 5'9 guard who has been he's, – he's one of the best players all around the state. Uh, he's very he's very athletic and explosive guard, and he can also – he also has very good handling and footwork, and he's going to be a very good and hardworking athlete going to Hartford. Uh, what are your thoughts on this decision? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a very strange decision. Got, he was just a, getting offers, and he committed with, like, he only had, like, what, two or three offers on the table. He could have had a lot more. I think if he played out this the fall or the summer AAU circuit, I think he would have gotten a lot more. But hey, congrats on going. It's it's he goes to like, it's 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 a long, it's a strange situation. So just congrats to him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, huge congratulations to Curtis. Um, Harvard is still a very good school. Uh, they play in the American East. Obviously, it's run by Vermont, but Harvard's a they're a middle of the pack team when you look at the American East. And um, like you said, I think I think if he waited, he could have probably got a lot higher offers than Harvard. No respect to Harvard, they're still a very good school, but. A lot of a lot of other teams could have probably reached out to him, and um, I thought if he waited a couple, I thought if he waited a couple months, or maybe even until next year, uh, he could have got a lot higher D one offers. But uh, I think once he got the offer, he was just gonna take it and couldn't pass up on it. And uh, obviously, got to respect the decision, and uh, hopefully, he does good things at uh, Hartford in two years from now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so the main topic, let's get to it. Mock draft two point Um. The draft picks are still determined by record. We 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 aren't doing any like like fantasy trades, just to confuse you guys. 
Yeah, and um, obviously the lottery is not till uh, no, no, it's in August, isn't it, or September? I think so. Yeah. So regardless, we're gonna have to wait a couple months until we actually determine the lottery because, and and obviously we don't know if the Warriors are gonna actually have the first pick. I mean, the lottery kind of determines who has it, and it's definitely it definitely changes a lot. Because it's not just, yeah, Warriors get it. Like, it's a lottery. You got to pick. And there's obviously chances for some of these lower teams in the um, draft to actually steal a first-round pick. So, um, that can definitely fluctuate who goes first in our list. So, uh, obviously, we're going to have a 3.0, 4.0, probably 5.0 as well. So, going to have to stay tuned for those in the near future. Yeah, um, I'll get started. First first pick, the Warriors have it for right now. Um, I have I have Ob Toppin going at number one, and uh, you guys might say, "Oh, where's Lamelo Ball? Where's Anthony Edwards?" Um, the Warriors are in win now mode next year. They got they finally got the boat healthy. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they're all healthy, and I, I don't think they take it. They shouldn't take a chance on Lamelo or Anthony Edwards. They should get something they need, which is backcourt, a uh, frontcourt depth, and Ob Toppin, most. NBA ready player out of everyone in the draft, safest pick, and he would definitely play a role in the quest to a championship. Yeah, and uh, you have you have Obi moving up three spots in your mock draft, which mm-hmm. is yeah, it's a pretty big jump. Uh, definitely, I think he's a top three uh, player in the draft, but uh, I have him a little bit later. Um, if you look at the Warriors, obviously they need front court, but I just think they should not pass up on Anthony Edwards uh, out of Georgia. I think he's I think he's probably the best prospect in this draft. He's he's so young, he has so much potential, and he's such an athletic and explosive player. And although the Warriors don't really need him, like when you look at their roster, I think he can provide a very uh, good presence to this team, and he can definitely provide a future. Because we don't know how long Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are going to be there. I mean, they've been there for they've been there for ten plus years, so we don't know how long how much longer they're going to be there. And uh, that could definitely change things. I mean. Obviously, I think they'll probably still take a front court guy, but even if even regardless, I think they're gonna take either Edwards or a front court guy, and it can't go wrong either way. I I think wherever they pick, it's gonna be a very good pickup for them based on their needs. But I just think they shouldn't pass up on Anthony Edwards because he's such a good player. Yeah, I totally agree with you here. Anthony Edwards is probably the best player on the draft, but I chose Obi Toppin, which was probably the, the safe option. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with he's a safe option, but uh, I think they're just going to take a splash on Anthony Edwards. That's just yeah, me. definitely. Um, number two, Cavaliers. I have Onika Ogonku out of USC, the first center taken. Um, jumps six spots. Um, you guys might be saying again, where's Anthony Edwards? Where's the mellow ball? Come on now. They have all their young guys are, are guards. They have, what, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Kevin Porter Jr. They don't need guards. They have guards that will play for the next five to ten years and so just last time I think I had Wiseman as the first center but just looking back I think Okonku is probably the best center he's actually proven and he's he's played so that's why I have him going to the Cavs and he could take a year um, learning from Andre Drummond yeah uh, I have Okonku here as well i I, I really love his game. I mean, I've said it. I've said it the past season at USC. I really liked watching him and uh, play at USC, and uh, his stock's just risen so much these past couple months. Um, he was projected end of the lottery, and now, now we have him towards the top top half or top five of the lottery even. And uh, mm-hmm. 
personally, I think he's better than James Wiseman based on all the stock and stuff. Uh, obviously, we had Wiseman at one uh, for the last mock draft. Both of us did. And um, I think Agonku is just a much better player when you look at everything now. And, yeah, I definitely think he deserves to be a top three player. And that's why I got him here. Yeah. Um, number three, Timberwolves. I have, I have Anthony Edwards going here. Um, finally, you guys can uh, breathe. <laughs> so he drops one spot, but I think the T-Wolves could get him. Um, he's definitely an upgrade over Josh Okigi, who was in the starting lineup. And, yeah, they could be a very explosive team. Don't disrespect Josh Okigi like that. But, yeah, regardless, uh, I have – I have Obi Toppin here at number three to the T-Wolves. Uh, moving down one for me. Um, I still think he's a top three player, like I said earlier. And um, I just think T-Wolves were going to take him. I mean, sure, he can, I think he can definitely learn a lot from Cat's game. Um, although he's not as big as Cat is, he definitely has a similar play style because he he's a perimeter guy for a power forward. And he, he can stretch the floor. And that's what they need. I mean, I think Cat can definitely teach him some lessons. And he can definitely develop. Obi into a very good NBA player. And, um, yeah, I just think the T-Bulls will not pass up on him, and I think they'll take him at number three. Mm -hmm. um, number four, Hawks. I have LaMelo Ball here. Played that past season at Illawarra Hawk for the Illawarra Hawks. He drops one spot down. I, I don't know. I just think he was – I think the Hawks could take the best player available at, at, to this point. That will be LaMelo Ball. Um, Trey Young, I don't know how long he'll stay because the Hawks, they're not, they're not doing too well. If, if he does indeed leave, then LaMelo will be the starting point guard. Yeah, um, I have LaMelo Ball going here as well, number four to the Hawks. Um, I just, like you said, I, I don't think the Hawks will pass up on LaMelo. I think he's too much, too hyped around and too talented to be passed up on. And I mean, he's a, he's like six, seven, I think. So, he, he doesn't have to play point guard. I think he can definitely run the backcourt with Trey Young. Although the defense on that team would not be that stellar, uh, I think that's still a very good um, backcourt. When you look at Trey Young and LaMelo Ball together, I think that's just a very explosive offensive team. And that might be a concern for Hawks. Um, like when you look at the general manager, I think that might be a concern for them. So that might be one reason why they don't take him. But regardless, I just think he's too talented and too good to be passed up on at number four. So that's why I have him going here. Mm -hmm. um, number five, Pistons. I got Danny Avdija. Um, he, he played in Israel this past season. Um, the Pistons need, need everything at this point. And I believe that he is probably the most versatile outside of Toppin. Um, he can play the, the three to the five. Um, he's just a great piece, and hopefully the face of the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Pistons need everything they can get, and uh, I think Denny here is a very good option for them. Uh, he's a, he's a well-rounded player, like you said. He can definitely play more than just what he's assigned. I mean, he's he's pretty he's pretty big for his, like, position, so I, I think he can play a lot of other roles, and I mean – I honestly haven't seen much of him, but I know he's a very good player coming coming from uh, Israel, like you said. So um, yeah, I think the Pistons are going to take that splash, and I think I think he'd be I think he'd be the face of the Pistons in the near future. Yeah, um, number six, Knicks. Uh, I got Cole Anthony going here. 
in my opinion, I, I do not believe Cole. I think Cole Anthony is probably the third or fourth best point guard. But the Knicks, you know, their fan base is desperate, and I believe they go for the big name and they take Cole Anthony. Um, big market, big name. I just think they'll fit. Cole Anthony will probably live up to, um, like, probably, like, I don't know, hype up the fan base a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I had Cole Anthony here before, but I decided that I think the Knicks will definitely shake things up and – I have them taking Killian Hayes actually um, here. Um, I, I mean, we've seen it before. They sometimes take chances on international prospects and they succeed. I mean, you've seen it with Porzingis. He was a very good player and obviously he left them, but still he was a very good player at his time with the Knicks. So I think they're going to take Killian Hayes. Um, he, he, he's projected as like, a top three guard. I think he's over mm -hmm. Cole Anthony when you look at like prospects for guards. So. I think the Knicks will definitely take this chance, and I think it'll do pretty well for them. I mean, the last international prospect they got, like I said, was Porzingis, and look at what Porzingis is doing now. He's he's probably he's he's probably a top thirty player in the NBA right now. That might be a stretch, but I think he's a top thirty player in the NBA right now. And uh, I think Killian Hayes is a very good prospect, and I think that's why they'll take him here at number six. Yeah, um, I can see Killian Hayes going here, but I can also see when the draft comes and they they pick Killian Hayes. Uh, Knicks fans will be booing a lot, just like what they did with Porzingis, just exactly what they did with Frank McTillie-Lakina. So yeah. I think you hype up the fans and Josh Co-Anthony. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can definitely see the Knicks doing this. I mean, that's just a next move, but <laughs> I didn't look at the on the international. I mean, I th I'm pretty sure you had Killian Hayes here in your last Mark. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, so I think it's between uh, Hayes and Co-Anthony, so I think either one works for them pretty well. Yeah, um, number seven, the Bulls. Uh, Isaac Okoro going here, had him going here last time. Um, the Bulls just need a small forward. Um, Isaac Okoro, he could be a great two-way player for them at the small forward position. Definitely, probably three years from now, he'll be an upgrade from, from Otto Porter Jr. Yeah, uh, I have Okoro here as well. He actually moved up two spots for me. Uh, I don't know why I had him so low in the last mock draft, but I realized that He's a very good player, and I think he's a top 10 player in this draft. So, uh, yeah, he's a very good two-way player, like you said, and I think the Bulls definitely need that when you look at their roster. I mean, they got scores and Zach Levine and even Lauren Markkinen, who didn't really play much, but he's I consider him a scorer. And something they need is defense. And Wendell Carter is a very good defender when you look at big man, but they need, a like, a wing defender. Otto Porter, sure, he's an okay defender, but I think Okoro can definitely be an upgrade, like you said, in the next couple of years. So I think that's why they're going to take him here at number seven. Mm -hmm. uh, number eight, Hornets. I have James Wiseman going here. He dropped seven spots. I'm at number one overall pick. Um, Hornets, they need a, they need a center. Um, I believe James Wiseman is probably second best center. First or second, you can make the case, but he's definitely up there. Um, so he's definitely going to be an upgrade over Cody Zeller as much as I loved him. Yeah, uh, we had we had a Gonku going here in our last mock draft. Both of us did, and we pretty much flip flopped him and James Wiseman. I mean, although we had Wiseman going one, we pretty much flipped them. So um, yeah, I have James Wiseman here as well. Half year in Memphis, not giving him the full year. <laughs> uh, I, I'm keeping that up. I'm 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 not changing that at all. And the rest of our mock drafts, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's still a very good player. I mean, 
I thought he was going to be one of the best players in this draft, and he still is. I mean, top 10 is pretty good when you look at all the prospects coming. I think this is a very talented draft class, just looking at all these guys right now. And, uh, yeah, Wiseman definitely not going to disappoint. Um, he was a top prospect coming in to this uh, last year for college basketball, and I think he'll definitely maintain that composure, and he'll be one of the best centers in the league in 10 years from now. Yeah, definitely. Um, number nine, Wizards. I have Devin Vessel going here out of Florida State. Goes up nine spots. Um, this is a very interesting prospect. Um, he's the best defender in the draft, in my opinion. Um, he's also like a 40% three-point shooter, so that screams three and D all over the place. Um, the Wizards, they last started Jerome Robinson at the small forward spot, so I believe that he is a he's a massive upgrade from that because he's actually a true small forward. Yeah, and um, I, I'm taking an interesting splash here at number nine for the Wizards. I, I think they're going to select Aaron Naismith out of Vanderbilt. Uh, he's moving up seven spots for me. Um, kind of a similar situation to what you said about Vassal. I think him and Naismith are two somewhat similar players. I think I think Naismith is probably a more uh, slashing and scoring kind of guy. When he, and you look at two-way player at Vassal. So I think, sure, Naismith still has some sort of defense, but he's more of a scorer, and I think the Wizards are going to definitely need that. I mean, they, they need a lot of things, and they need big men, and they need wing players. And I think I think they're just going to take Naismith or Vassal here. And I think Naismith's the better out of the two of them. So that's why I got Naismith going here number nine. Yeah, um, Naismith's definitely more of a scorer, true scorer. Um, so, but – you know, um, I believe his stock has dropped a little since he got hurt. There's a small sample size, but that sample size is actually, like, pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think the Wizards are going to definitely see that, and I think that that's why they're probably going to take him here. Mm -hmm. um, ten, the Suns. I have Tyrese Halliburton going here. Um, stays at number ten. Uh, last episode, I said Halliburton was the best guard in the draft. I still believe that he is the best guard in the draft. He's probably the safest option at guard in the draft. He does all the little things, great IQ, and just, yeah, <laughs> I have nothing else to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Albert's a very good player. Uh, I, I have him staying at 11, so I'll talk about him a little bit later. But uh, I just think it's time for Cole Anthony to get drafted, uh, number 10. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had him at five. I had him going pretty early, and uh, I think – the Suns need another guard, and I think they're just going to take a length in here. Too hyped around to not be drafted in the top 10. I think he's definitely going to be top 10, regardless of where that might be. Um, yeah, and just, he's just a very good player. Obviously, he got injured, so we don't we didn't see his full potential, but he's a very good um, player. He's number two coming into college behind Wiseman, so he's definitely going to live to that expectation, and I think he's going to be a very good NBA player. Mm. Um, number 11, the Spurs. I got – Killian Hayes here played in, I believe, France. Um, he went to the Knicks last time my draft, but I think he drops down to the Spurs here. Um, I think he could benefit from a coach like Greg Popovich. Um, just he has a good relationship with European players. He knows how to develop those type of guys. And um, he's, he's a great shooter, something the Spurs struggled with this past season. Yeah, I can definitely see this as well. Um, Hayes is a very good player. I, all three of these guards, Cole Anthony, Halliburton, and Hayes, are very good guards, and they're definitely 
round out the top five when you look at prospect guards, along with Lamelo Ball and probably um, Anthony Edwards. But regardless, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're still top five guards. And right here, I have Halliburton going here at uh, eleven to the Spurs. He's going to stay at number eleven for me. Um, I think he's too good to be passed up on. I mean, he's top five guard, and he has a lot of playmaking and shooting. And I think the Spurs definitely need that, like you said. Um, a similar situation to Popovich, I think you can definitely develop Halliburton into a very good player. Um, although the connections might be better with Killian Hayes, uh, I think Halliburton can still make a very good connection with Popovich and his, uh, we don't know how many more years uh, coaching for the Spurs. Yeah, and definitely. That, that's pretty sad, though. Popovich, we don't know how many more years he's going to have. That, that's very sad to hear about. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's, he's one of the greatest. But like you mentioned, those five guards, um, they all bring a different skill set, and they're all unique in different ways. That they, they, I don't see one similar to each other, so pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, and that's, that's what I love about the draft. No, no guy is similar to another player. They're all very different prospects. And that's what I really like about this draft. And this this class especially, I think it's very diverse when you look at all their skill sets. And I, I really I really like this draft coming into this year. Yeah, um, number 12, the Kings. I have Aaron Naismith going here. Um, you had him a, a little higher. But Aaron Naismith, like, he's an elite shooter. Um, 52% from three. That is that is actually ridiculous. I've, I've never heard of that. Um, and he took what 115 attempts in like, like the 15 games he played. So it's like eight threes shot a game, and you make four of them. That's that's insane. And I definitely think the Kings will need a scoring. Yeah, I definitely think the Kings need a scorer. Uh, I like Nesmith there at 12. Um, I have Vassal here at 12. We kind of we kind of flip flop them around, but uh, yeah, I think Vassal stocks definitely rose these past couple months and. Um, I don't think he'll be towards the front side of the lottery. I think he'll be towards the back side of the lottery. I know you you only have him at nine, but I think that's a little too high for him. When you look at just Devin Vassell and his stock, um, he wasn't really the star player. I mean, he was, but like he was joined by Patrick Williams and a couple other guys on that Florida State team this past year. But uh, regardless, a very good two-way player for Vassell. And he's definitely moving up the ranks in stocks. So uh, I think he's definitely a lottery, but I think he's more so end of the lottery. So that's why I have him going here at 12. Yeah, um, definitely. 13, Pelicans. I have RJ Hampton going here. Played past season in New Zealand for New Zealand Breakers. He dropped one spot. Um, with Drew Holiday's decision, or I don't know, just something, Drew Holiday heading the free agency, um, Lonzo Ball could step into that point guard spot, leaving the, the the shooting guard spot wide open for RJ Hampton. And, yeah, that's just the picture-perfect plan for me. Yeah, um, RJ Hampton was one of the most hyped around – well, not most hyped around, but he was a very hyped around prospect uh, when he made his decision a couple years ago. Was that, was that last year? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and, man, that feels like a long time ago, but uh, – Regardless, he was he was a top five prospect last year before making his decision to go to New Zealand. Uh, we thought he was probably going to go to Kansas or Texas Tech, but obviously he had other plans. Um, yeah, I mean, it, he definitely got his stock uh, high uh, going overseas, and obviously that that's a wave for these new generation guys. I mean, Lamelo and RJ Hampton were two of the top guys uh, in this past year, and they both went overseas. So, yeah, I think Hampton's a very good prospect. I think he's probably end of the lottery. 
uh, similar situation to Vassal. Um, but yeah, I think you can definitely fill a role in the Pelicans, depending on what Drew Holiday does. And uh, yeah, I think that's just a pretty good defensive backcourt and scoring backcourt. I mean, that's just really good backcourt. I mean, look at Lonzo and RJ Hampton. Lonzo, not so much of a scorer, more of an assister and a very good defender. And Hampton, he's a pretty good defender, but he's also a very good scorer and shooter. So I like that. I like that um, backcourt in the next couple of years. So I think that's why they're going to take him here. Mm-hmm. Um, 14 Trailblazers. I have Patrick Williams of Florida State going here. He moves up six spots. Um, Blazers have struggled at that small four position before signing Carmelo. Um, but Patrick Williams, he, he has sky-high potential. He's very versatile. He can play three to four, even small ball five. And he screams three and D potential too. Yeah, uh, I like Patrick Williams there at 14. But uh, there's one guy that uh, I kind of told you about. I'm like, where'd you put him? Because I thought you forgot about him. And that guy is Precious Achua out of Memphis. Um, We had him pretty high in the last mock draft. Uh, You had him at nine. I had him at 10. And uh, sure, he drops, but you you dropped him a lot. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Um, Just finally getting time to do some research. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, I, I definitely agree. His stock his stock was kind of hyped around when we looked at it in our last mock draft and um, definitely taking a backseat role and looking at the bigger picture. Uh, I don't think uh, Chua is going to be a top 10 prospect. Um, I still think he's a very good NBA player and he's a lot of potential. He's very young and uh, I think he's just a very good fit for this Blazers team. He's a very defensive-minded guy, so I think the Blazers definitely need that and obviously he's going to be an upgrade to the small forward position. And he can also play power forward, obviously. So uh, kind of like Patrick Williams, he can he could probably play small ball center if he wanted to. So, uh, yeah, I just think they're going to need a small forward. I think Precious is going to be that guy. Yeah. Um, 15, I got Tyrese Maxey going here. He was at 17, so he moves up two spots. Um, Maxey's a very interesting prospect. He, is, uh, he played the two last season at Kentucky, but – He's he's too small to play the two in the NBA level. He's he's too too slow to play the point guard at the NBA level. So he's in the middle. That's not really a good thing. But what he does is he gives it his all on the court. And I think that's why the Magic take him. Um, Evan Fournier is probably leaving free agency. Leaving to free agency, he's expected to get a good amount of money. So I think the Magic fill his void with Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, I like Maxi as a, a player. I remember the first game of the last uh, last year in college basketball. He went off against Michigan State in that opener uh, playoff, pretty much classic. And uh, I thought he was gonna be a very good player. And I didn't really hear much about him after that game. Um, he, I don't know. He kind of just disappeared. Kentucky pretty much as a team. I, I didn't really hear much about them. Uh, There's a lot of other teams that are a lot more hyped around. So. I didn't really tune into Kentucky that much because obviously they're going to be a very uh, good team. So I didn't really listen much about them. But uh, yeah, Maxie's still a very good guy. I think I think he's going to fall a little bit out of the lottery, but I still think he's a top 20 pick in this draft. Um, at 15, I have Theo Maladon at ASVEO. Um, yes, you might be wondering why I have him here, but I, I just think he he was we kind of slept on him in last mock draft and. After looking at some stuff, I thought I think he's still a very good guy, and I think I'm just going to move him up here because Magic need a guy like that, and I think overall they're going to take a chance on these international players. I mean, 
they have Vucevic, they have Fournier, and they have a couple other guys. So I think they'll definitely take a chance on an international prospect. And Theo, I still don't really know much about his game, but I know he's a very good uh, athletic guard and he can shoot the ball a decent amount. So I think that's something the Magic need, and I think that's why they're going to take him here. Yeah, um, 16 T-Wolves. I have Sadiq Bey going here at Villanova. Stays at 16. Um, his stock, this is probably as high as he could go. But I could see him going to 14 with the, to the Blazers or even number nine because they're just they're all the same exact players with 3 and D potential. Sadiq Bey is probably the safest option out of the three. He's already a proven three-point shooter, proven defender. But I believe that the other two guys, they have a bigger ceiling, which is why they're taken first. Sadiq Bey, he's probably – that second or third safest option, definitely behind Toppin, but he would definitely help the T Wolves. And they need a guy like him. They're three and D. They, they thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be their three and D guy. Um, didn't pan out like they wanted to, and I think Sadiq Bay will pan out. Yeah, I totally agree with you here. Uh, I have Sadiq Bay going here as well. Um, he has two seasons under his belt for college basketball, and I think the Timberwolves are going to respect that and actually use that to select him. Um, like you said, proven three-point scorer, and he's a very good defender. Uh, I, I, I definitely see a lot of Wiggins in his game. And I think he can definitely uh, be something that Wiggins wasn't for the Timberwolves. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just a perfect fit for the Timberwolves here at 16. I think it's a steal when you look at me. I, I think I think Sadiq Bay could be oh, a yeah, lot higher. I definitely agree with you here. Yeah. It's definitely a steal. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. I think as of right now, uh, he's probably the biggest steal looking at this mock draft. So I think this is good for Timberwolves. And Timberwolves, and if you look at my mock draft, they'd be getting Obi Toppin and Sadiq Bay, which are two very good prospects. So I think it's pretty good for Timberwolves fans. Yeah. Um, next, 17 Celtics. This is where it gets gets all over the place. Um, this is where the top 16 guys separate themselves from the next 16. It's pretty messy over here, would you say? Yeah, I had a difficult time deciding who who to go where, but uh, I think I think I found my place actually. Yeah, um, seventeen. I have Kira Lewis Jr. out of Alabama going to the Celtics. Goes up twelve spots from number twenty nine. Um, I feel like he's he's probably one of the he is one of the youngest players. Sorry, um, in this draft, he has a very very high ceiling. Um, and I think this is a pick that the Celtics can use take a risk on. Um, they need they need a backup point guard. I'm a Celtics fan, and I'm I'm not really a fan of Brad Wanamaker, although he is pretty pretty solid fundamentally. But I feel like this is time for the Celtics to take a chance. Yeah, and I'm in a similar boat with you. I think it's time to take a chance, and uh, I'm gonna have Tyrese Maxey be selected here with the Celtics. Um, obviously, Maxey played shooting guard. Obviously, he's undersized for that. Um, I think he's just gonna be a back back. Uh, secondary presence, maybe even a third option behind uh, Carson Edwards. Um, but regardless, Maxie's still a very young player and he has a ton of potential, similar to Kira Lewis. Um, I think Kira Lewis is probably the better player. I, I don't know if better player is the right word, but I think he has a lot more stock and potential in comparison to Maxie, considering Lewis is so much more younger. But regardless, I think Maxie's a very good shooter, and I think the Celtics are not going to pass up on him. I think Maxie could be a lot higher. I had my 15 my last mock draft, and uh, I think he, Celtics will definitely not pass up on him because they need they need they need a guy to fill that backcourt presence. And yeah, I think they're just gonna take Maxi. Yeah, Maxi's definitely a hard player to project where he's going. Like I said, he's too too small for it to play 
small um, shooting guard. He's too slow to play <laughs> for the point guard. So he's in the middle. It's pretty tough to project those type of guys. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where he actually goes on draft day. Uh, he might be one of those guys to actually fall and go late 20s. I, I think that's definitely a possibility. But uh, I think he'll definitely go first round. But where he might go is still a mystery. Yeah, um, number 18, Mavericks. I have uh, Nico Mannion out of Arizona going here. Um, he goes up four spots. I've, I believe this is um, the Mavs' Neil point guard. Um, their fan favorite, J.J. Barea, getting pretty old. Yeah, Luca. you could say Luca plays point guard. He probably does. Jalen Brunson, but I feel like they need more depth at that spot. Um, and Mannion, I feel like it's a good draft and stash. They could stash him in the G League for – for a year before taking a chance, letting him have his chance. Yeah, I definitely think the Mavs need just depth in general. I don't think they're a very deep team when you look just look at their roster. Sure, J.J. Bray is a very uh, fan favorite for these Mavericks fans, but uh, I think they could definitely use an upgrade pretty much in all the secondary positions. Um, with that being said, I have Patrick Williams going here. Uh, he's moving up three spots for me. Uh, I just think Patrick Williams is a very good prospect, and um, I know you had him. You had him a little bit higher, didn't you? Yes, yeah, I you, did. Yeah, Fourteen. You, yeah, you rose him up a lot, and uh, I think he's definitely worthy of uh, his stock rising. So um, I, I, I honestly don't know too much about him, but I know he's a very good defender, and he can he can just guard like a lot of positions. Um, and I just think the Mavs need uh, pretty much depth in their rotation. And I think Williams can be one of those guys to develop into a backup, backup role of Porzingis or maybe even play some small forward. I know that's not really a possibility. I mean, it could be, but, like, I think it would probably be a backup to a Porzingis. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> number 19, the Bucks. Uh, Leonardo, Leandro Balmero out of FC Barcelona here. He stays at 19. The Bucks, they just they just have everything. They, they don't really need anything. They don't. Yeah, they just have no weakness. Their depth is all, all filled. So I feel like they, they got to get a guy that they could draft and you know, stash in Europe for a couple more years. And I feel like he is the guy. I mean, he's an intangibles guy, but if he could develop a, sh a shot, then he, he, could be, he could be a contributor for the Bucks. Yeah, uh, Balmero is a very interesting situation. Uh, I actually dropped him out of my first round. Uh, I, I just didn't really – I don't really know much about him to predict where he's going to go. And pretty much like we said, it's kind of all over the place when you look at the last 15 spots. So, uh, yeah, I think Bomera can still definitely be a first-round pick, but uh, I just don't really see him. Uh, I mean, a lot of guys can be first-round picks, but they're just not here. So I think I think it's just a really close race to actually decide who goes where. And Bomero just kind of falls out in my next mock draft. Um, with that being said, I think the Bucks are going to take Kira Lewis Jr. here. Uh, like you said, one of the youngest players in the draft. Uh, he has a ton of potential, and he's a very good uh, scoring-minded and explosive guard. Um, I think the Bucks are going to need one of these guys in the near future. Right now they got Bledsoe, kind of that guy, and I think Bledsoe can definitely teach a lot to Kira Lewis Jr., and he can kind of gain some defensive-minded uh, roles from Bledsoe. And I think in five years or now, uh, he's going to be a very good uh, role player, maybe even starter for this Bucks team. And the Bucks are going to be very different in five years. I don't know if Giannis will probably stay. That that's a very big mystery to me. But uh, regardless, the Bucks just kind of need someone to come in and a couple of years from now and be a very good player. And I think Jerry Lewis Jr. is going to be that guy.
Mm-hmm. Um, number 20, the Nets. I have Josh Green going here. Arizona goes up one spot. Um, Josh Green was an elite recruit coming out of um, high school. Definitely under underwhelmed. But I think he's, he's so talented. He has such a high ceiling, and he could benefit from a guy like Kevin Durant. And with Joe Harris um, going into free agency next season, um, I believe that they needed another shooter, and Josh Green has a lot of potential as a shooter. Yeah, I could definitely see Josh Green going here. I actually had him going to the Nets in our last mock draft, but uh, I kind of moved him down a little. Uh, I moved Nico Mannion uh, down here at 20 to the Nets. Um, Obviously, they have Kyrie Irving, but how much longer he'll stay is going to be a mystery. And I honestly don't know off the top of my head who their backup point guard is. Uh, I think it might be – is it Shabazz Napier? I think it might be him. But I, I honestly have no idea. But, uh, yeah, regardless, I think Nico Mannion's a very, very good player. Um, and he's a very uh, high-talented prospect coming, coming into the NBA. And uh, I think he has a lot of potential behind him, and he needs a lot of things to work on. But uh, I think Kyrie can definitely teach him a lot of things on his explosive game and his handles. And uh, he's going to have to learn some defense somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I think, he, yeah, he has a sum under his belt. But uh, I think, yeah, he can develop into a very solid NBA player. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and I think he's going to be one of those guys that will benefit from a year in the G League. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think, yeah, I think that's probably what they're going to do. But uh, I, we can't really predict the future, so we don't really know. Yeah, number 21 Nuggets. This is where our precious Achua going. He drops on 12 spots. Paul Millsap, he's looming free agency. And precious Achua reminds me exactly of Paul Millsap. And if they do get him, um, they wouldn't miss a beat. Their offense would stay the same. Just everything would stay the same when they had Paul Millsap because he, he's, he reminds me exactly of Paul Millsap. Yeah. Um, I just don't know why I have him so low. Uh, <laughs> I think it's too. I think it's too low for comfort when you look at Precious going down here. But uh, I think that's a steal for the Nuggets if he somehow goes there. I don't think that's likely, but I, I mean, like I like we said, can't predict the future, so I don't know. Um, yeah, twenty-one, very interesting decision here. Uh, I have Xavier Tillman going here. Uh, he wasn't ranked. We don't really know if he's gonna go to the draft yet, but uh, I just think he's gonna declare for the draft, and I think. The Nuggets are going to take a splash and try and do something with Tillman. Uh, he has a couple of years under his belt at Michigan State. Um, very, very interesting player. Would you, would you say so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I just think the Nuggets will do something like this and try and try and take a splash on Tillman because he he can be. I think he could be a lot higher if he actually if we actually knew if he's going to declare or not. But regardless, I think they're going to try and take a splash, and I got Tillman going here. Yeah. Um. Number 22, um, 76s, Jemias Ramsey of Texas Tech um, goes up three spots. Um, he's the, one of the younger players in this draft. Um, he's definitely going to have a role for himself, whether it's a star, 3 and D. But uh, the Sixers, they need, they need depth, just depth in general. I believe Ramsey is a good fit for them. He's a good three-point shooter. Um, he can benefit from playmakers like Ben Simmons and uh, probably Joel Embiid. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, like you said, they just need a couple bench guys to fill in that role. Uh, I got Josh Green going here at number 22. Uh, like you said, very, very good shooter, very explosive player. And I think he can definitely, like you said, 
uh, take advantage of playmakers like Ben Simmons and a couple other guys like that. Um, I think you can definitely learn from Matisse Thybul. Obviously, he's he's pretty young, but uh, I think he definitely learned a lot of defensive-minded things from Thybul because Josh Green's not the best defender when you look at all these guys in the draft. So I think that's why they're going to take him here at 22. But uh, I think he could go a lot higher, like you said, to the Nets. But I don't know. I really don't know where he's going to go right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, number 23, sorry, the Miami Heat. We'll have Jaden McDaniels here of Washington. Um, drops down nine spots. McDaniels has definitely – his stock has definitely dropped and dropped. Probably one a top five recruit coming out of high school, I believe. And he's just struggled ever since he came to Washington. Um, so that's all I can say. Um, he's probably the best best player available to this point. And I, I that that's the only the only reason why I think the Heat will take him. He's the best player available. Yeah, uh he, he definitely dropped in stock a lot. Um I actually have his teammate going here, uh, Isaiah Stewart. Uh he was he was a very good prospect coming into college as well. We thought him and McDaniels were going to do something special at Washington. Obviously, it didn't really work out too well. But uh, regardless, I think Stewart's a very good player, a very, very good big man. Uh, there's not a lot of, like, good big man, but I think Stewart's a very decent big man. And I think he's definitely a top five big man when you look at all the guys in this draft. Um, yeah, I think that he definitely need a backup uh, front court presence. And I think Stewart or McDaniels here is going to be a good option. Uh, also, maybe even Vernon Carey. But uh, regardless, they need someone to fill that role behind Bam Adebayo and even even like Kelly Olenek and stuff like that. But, uh, I, yeah, I think Isaiah Stewart is the best option here, and that's why I have him staying here at 23. Yeah, Stewart, he's another he's another guy. I mean, like all these guys after probably taunt 20, they're all tough to project. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's impossible to project. <laughs> um. What, 24, the Utah Jazz, I have them taking Theo Maladone out of A-S-V-E-L. I still don't know what that means. I think he stays. Um, the backup point guard for the Jazz is, is wide open. Um, and I believe that he is his. He could take it if he wants it. <laughs> yeah. Like said, just just yeah. It's tough to project, man. It was tough after 20. Yeah, uh, we definitely changed a lot of things when you look after 20. A uh, couple guys not ranked moving in, a couple guys ranked moving out, and a lot of guys shifting places. So uh, definitely very hard to predict here. And uh, I have Trey Jones going here at 24. Uh, it moves up five spots for me. Um, although Trey Jones is an interesting player, uh, a lot of guys have him going late. Um I just think that they're going to take him here because he's just a good playmaker and very good defender. And I think you can definitely learn a lot from Donovan Mitchell. So I think that's why he's going to go here at 24. Yeah. Um, 25, Thunder. Um, I have Robert Woodyard, Woodard, the second out of Mississippi State. He was not ranked. But I believe the Thunder, they need more wing depth because, I don't know, something about their wing depth is not, is not really good. Um, but I think Robert Woodyard is a – could be a solid two-way player. It's probably the, the best scoring wing at, at this point in the draft, and I believe that he could be a solid role player. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have Woodyard in my first round, but I think he's definitely worthy of that. Uh, I have Jen McDaniels going here at 25, moving down nine spots for me. 
uh, sorry, 11 spots for me. Um, McDaniel is a very good defender. Uh, he could probably play wing. He's a very versatile guy. So, I, like you said, I just think the Thunder needs someone like that. And although his stock's pretty much declined, I think he's still going to be a late first-round pick. So, that's why I got him going here, 25. Yeah, um, 26, Celtics. Um, I have Alex, Alexis. Well, I don't even know. <laughs> Alexis. Pokus, Pokuslovsky, sorry, um, out of Olympic, Olympiacos. Um, he drops 13 spots. Celtics, I believe they need it. They have so much depth as well. Just draft and stash him. Uh, that's all I could really say. Yeah, I moved him out of my uh, first round. I think he's still worthy, but I just decided I don't really know too much about him. And we don't even know if he actually has paperwork to be in the draft yet. So that's why I just moved him out. Uh, I got Vernon Carey Jr. going here at 26, moving up one spot for me. I think he just has a ton of potential behind him and a lot of hype around him. Uh, very explosive uh, front court guy, and that's something the Celtics really need. They definitely lack front court when you look at the Celtics, so I think they're going to take his chance on Vernon Carey Jr. at here at 26. Yeah, um, Carey, very good player. I don't have him in my first round. I feel like there's just a lot of better guys. I'm um, 27. I have Jaden Smith here, Maryland, uh, drops down four spots. Um, I just believe that the Knicks need need everything as well. Um, Jaden Smith has a lot of good potential in him, especially in the defensive side. Offensive, offensively, he's sound, and I believe that the Knicks could use him. Yeah, uh, I've been here. He kind of much said it all. Uh, has, a, has a lot of potential, has a, some experience under his belt at Maryland, and I just think the Knicks kind of need everything here, and he can definitely learn a lot from Julius Randle if he stays at New York. So I, I definitely see a lot of Julius Randle in Smith's game, actually. And I think you can definitely learn a lot from him here. And I think that's why the Knicks are going to take him here. Yeah, um, definitely. 28, Raptors. I have Isaiah Stewart of Washington going here. Drops down one spot. Um, Raptors have a lot of guys going to the free agency. you got Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, Fred Fleet. But I believe that if they let Marcus Saul go, Isaiah Stewart would be the perfect replacement. He's exactly built like Marcus Saul. And so I think this, this is just a perfect fit. Yeah, uh, I have I've Grant Brilla going here. Uh, Charleston, uh, not, not really hyped around when I mean, you look at first-round picks, but I think he's definitely moved himself into a very good – role as a late first round pick um he's a very good scorer very good shooter and i just think the raptors need a lot of stuff in their game big man's definitely one of the top things they need but uh, i just think grant Miller's had moved up in the ranks and i think it's why the raptors are going to take him here at 28. Mm-hmm. um 29 lakers i have tyro terry here stanford he was not in my last mock draft but i believe the lakers would take him um I think that, I don't know, just playmakers like LeBron, you definitely benefit him. He has unlimited range. He's a great defender. Uh, yeah, I have uh, I have Cassius Winston going here. Uh, I think he's just too hyped around not to be taken. And obviously with the story and everything, uh, I just think someone's going to take a chance on him. And I think the Lakers are going to be that team. Uh, I definitely see him learning a lot from LeBron and even maybe even Rondo in a sense. I definitely see a lot of Rondo in his game. And uh, I wasn't really ranked before, but I decided to move him in here based on kind of just his story and everything like that. So that's why I have him going here at 29. Yeah, um, and last pick of the draft, Celtics. I have Xavier Tillman going here. 
It's not not in my last one, but he's definitely risen. Um, the Celtics need a need a big, definitely a small ball big. Grant Williams, although I love him, he's probably my favorite college player back then. Um, he's just too. He's just not good in that role of a small ball five. Tillman, he's a little bigger, a little stronger, a little more versatile, better shooter. I definitely think Celtics and Tillman will fit. Yeah, I mean, hopefully Tillman actually decides to declare for the draft. It's still kind of a flip of a coin. He's kind of disappeared, so we don't really know. Uh, yeah, but that, with that being said, I have Jamarius Ramsey going here at number 30 to the Celtics. Um, based on the potential, I, I think he's, he's one of the youngest guys as well with Kira Lewis Jr. in the draft, and I just think the Celtics are going to take him and build around him with the, for the future. Obviously, they have a lot of young pieces on their team right now, and they can definitely build around Jason Tatum with a lot of these younger guys. So uh, I think they're just going to take Ramsey here and hopefully he produces into a pretty solid NBA player. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Um, so that's all for today. Our mock draft 2.0 definitely improved from the first one, I would say. Yeah, uh, although it's very hard, I think we definitely improved from the first one. Uh, a lot of interesting moves, ups and downs, and coming into the draft and out. So. Uh, yeah, I just think it's very hard to predict, but uh, I mean, we're going to know a lot more once it nears closer and closer to October. So yeah, I mean, this is just a rough estimate of what's going on and we don't even account for trades. So we still really don't know anything really about who's going to go where in the draft. Yeah. And um, some, some of these guys like Xavier Tillman, Tyro Terry, they might not even go in the draft. They might go back to college. And so it's just, like you said, it's just a, just a rough estimate. But anyways, thank you guys for watching. Um, episode 30, a, a new top 25 once again. Yeah, the long-awaited top 25 returns. Uh, yeah, we're very excited for that. And hopefully uh, you guys all have a very safe and happy 4th of July. And uh, thank you guys as always for watching. Uh, it's always March, baby. It's always March. Happy 4th of July, everyone.